Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello Texas and thank you for joining us for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Jessica Dolmel, sitting in for Carrie Martin. I'm joined by the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley. A major Texas Panhandle cattle industry event that was a scratch last year due to COVID is scheduled to make its return in April. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Statewide regional flood planning groups. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We're still dealing with the effects from the February cold weather in Texas, and so are plants. Please join me, John Begno, as we talk about the cold effect on plants. Love those stories. News from Washington, Texas Wildlife News, and a complete look at the markets coming up. Planning for the 2021 State Fair of Texas is underway. Fair spokesperson Carissa Condoyanes told the Dallas Morning News they are taking an optimistic and measured approach this year. Last year's fair was canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Condoyanes said the fair's board will continue to monitor the situation and will make a decision by July. The annual event attracts millions of people to Fair Park in Dallas each year. Condoyana said if the fair opens this year, it may look different due to COVID. The fair is planned for September 24th through October 17th. Details are available at BigTex.com. That is B-I-G-T-E-X dot C-O-M. The freeze cut down on crop insects, but not cattle parasites. Carrie Martin has more. John Hutchison is the director of the Cattle Technical Services team with Merck Animal Health in College Station. He says the cold may have slowed down the cattle parasites here in Texas, but it did not kill them. You know, when it gets cold like that, those parasites, probably the best way to describe it is they go into hibernation. So they've slowed down and and their goal in life is to survive until the conditions are right to get in those cattle. But the parasites that were in the cattle are still thriving. As the weather warms up, gets above 50 degrees, what you're going to see is the parasite transmission. They're going to come out of hibernation on those pastures, get a little moisture on the grass. Cattle will consume those parasites again and start that whole process and continue to get infected with those parasites. John Hutchison with Merck Animal Health. I'm Kerry Martin on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. An annual cattle industry event that typically draws hundreds to the Texas Panhandle is making its return after a one-year hiatus. James Hunt reports. Texas A&M AgriLife's very popular Hemp Hill County Beef Conference got knocked off the calendar twice last year due to the pandemic, but is scheduled to make its return next month, doing so in an environment that remains challenging for those in the cattle business. Producers today in the 
situation coming out of 2020 and now into a somewhat volatile time because of commodity prices, especially grain and energy, just rapidly increasing in value, really puts us behind the eight ball as it regards meat protein production and especially beef production. That's Hemphill County Extension Agent Andy Holloway who says the two-day event scheduled for April 27th and 28th in Canadian offers a program lineup that will emphasize risk management, including a presentation by CattleFacts, a company that provides research, analysis, and information to the beef industry. We start our conference off with cattle facts because we want our producers to get there and while they're the most attentive, we want to present them this cattle facts information. And as the conference continues, other topics to be covered include sustainability in ranching, estate planning, range management, genetics, animal nutrition, and animal handling. And there will also be inspirational speakers headlined by former Trump press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Holloway also says more than 70 vendors are coming in for what has become a big highlight of the annual conference, the trade show. It exposes their services and products and things that they have so that these ranchers are on the cutting edge of all the things that are available, whether it's technology through some of those things or whether it's a service that can be provided to help with that producer's bottom line. So a lot going on at the Hempel County Beef Conference in Canadian on April 27th and 28th, and although those dates might sound a bit down the road, with the high interest in the conference, registering as soon as possible is encouraged. I should also note that while this will be an in-person event, Holloway says for those who cannot attend, there will be a virtual option. Tickets are $125, and for more information, contact the Extension Service or go online and search for Hemphill County Beef Conference 2021. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The state's flood planning groups have been established. Tom Nicoletti joins us with more. The Texas Water Development Board has designated the initial voting members of Texas regional flood planning groups that represent the state's 15 flood planning regions to move forward on the the process uh, for uh, the state of Texas. To talk more about this, we go to Austin, and Kathleen Jackson is uh, my guest. She is a board member on the Texas Water Development Board. And Kathleen, uh, in this kickoff process, uh, what uh, is uh, the next step for the flood planning groups? Well, Tom, the Texas Water Development Board is very honored to have been selected by the legislature to champion and move forward the first ever state flood plan for Texas. And of course, uh, this is Texas, and we believe that local communities know best. So it is a regional process. We know that flooding has no boundaries. And so the regional flood planning groups were established based on river basin. And we knew that it was important moving forward to get representation from all of the various interest categories or stakeholders, big cities, small communities, municipalities, flood districts, and agriculture. And we're very fortunate in that we had over 600 nominations of folks that either nominated themselves or someone else felt like they would bring uh, tremendous leadership in the process. And uh, the board went through all of the applications and stood up the uh, original, the beginning membership 
for the initial 15 flood planning groups. And I have attended and uh, participated virtually in some of the initial meetings of the flood planning groups. And I can tell you that we are very fortunate statewide to have a very uh, talented and resourceful and engaged group of people that are uh, that are going to start this initial process. So I think it's exciting times. I think we're we're moving forward with something that was desperately needed, and that we've got some great folks involved, some great talent, some great professionals, and that represent their communities and uh, can bring a lot. So that together we'll be able to come up with some really impactful regional flood plans, which, of course, then the board will take and put it together as the first ever state flood plan. Kathleen Jackson of the Texas Water Development Board will join me again on our next program to talk more about the state's regional flood planning groups. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. How did the cold weather affect our outdoor plants? John Bigno reports. Well, we're still having a lot of questions about all of the cold weather that our plants and we went through a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the whole deal is to remember patience. There are people out there that are very smart and have dealt with this before that can't even answer our questions. We know that some plants are going to show immediate damage, things that were so out of place, like palm trees in North Texas and things like that. We expect bad things to happen. Some of those marginal plants, it may take weeks and months, and it may even take the heat of summer, believe it or not. When plants become stressed because of lack of water or because of exceptional heat, you're going to see a a situation where the plumbing, the, the tissue of the plant that actually conducts the food and water up and down from roots to leaves could be injured, could be damaged, and you're going to see die back or just poor performance. So so just remember that you're not going to go out there and clean your yard up and remove everything that's not going to be good right now. Now, if you have to do that and you want to start over with a clean slate or a new design or different plant materials, get after it. But you need to be aware of a few things. There are going to be some restrictions or unavailable plant materials that might be out there because everybody may want to do the same thing and other challenges that we may see. So you might hit a wall or not being able to exactly find what you want. If you ease into this process, if you look at what you have and what you want to change and develop projects stage by stage, cleaning up these landscapes and getting ready to plant when it is time, when the conditions are perfect, is the ordinary thing that we deal. Now, fertilizer and stuff like that can aggravate some of the injuries to these plants. So there is no hurry, especially if you have a calendar that says fertilize the 1st of March. And the 1st of March, you know that these plants should not be fertilized because we don't know if they're damaged or not. Then it's a natural. Don't do anything. Just be patient. It's better to err on the side of doing nothing And plants have to rely on their natural ability to heal and grow than to overdo anything. This is John Bagno reporting for Texas Ag Today from San Angelo. Time is running out for Texas teens to sign up for outdoors, wildlife, and natural resource summer camps. Details are coming up on Texas Ag Today. CBD stores appear to be popping up everywhere. People are using it on themselves and their pets. 
but your veterinarian may not be enthusiastic in discussing CBD with you. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Your veterinarian may not want to discuss CBD use with you. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd explains why. There are some legal issues concerning the use of CBD or cannabidiol that your veterinarian has to consider when asked about CBD products. Dr. Stacy Oak indicates in the horse publication that six states veterinary licensing agencies indicate a veterinarian could lose their license by just discussing CBD with an owner. There are two states that allow vets to talk about CBD, but only if the client brings it up, and another 18 states that a vet may discuss CBD but cannot prescribe or sell it. So as you can see, there are a lot of regulations by different governmental bodies concerning veterinarians and CBD for animals. Veterinarians in most cases cannot legally promote the usage of CBD at this time. However, it is not illegal for owners to administer CBD to their own animals because they are not licensed and regulated by the government, and it is not illegal for manufacturers to sell CBD as long as they do not make a treatment claim on the label. CBD is still illegal on the federal level, but some states have made it legal for human use. CBD cannot be sold as a nutritional supplement because the FDA has already approved one CBD product in people for human use for treating two specific types of seizures. Any chemical or drug that has been classified as a drug cannot also be classified as a nutritional supplement. The other concern is the efficacy and safety of CBD. We have no long-term studies in animals or humans concerning efficacy and safety, and we really do not know the side effects of this drug over several years on the liver, kidneys, heart, and other organs. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas teens have an opportunity to learn more about Texas wildlife and stewardship while strengthening their leadership, team building, and critical thinking skills. This summer, Texas Brigades will host a series of eight statewide summer camps for youth ages 13 through 17 who are interested in science and the outdoors. Each camp is five days long and themed around a wildlife species or natural resource. Natalie Wolf, Executive Director of Texas Brigades, joins us with more. When these kids are getting out in the field, they're learning from professionals who do this for a living. They're out there learning habitat styles and habitat needs for those different species. And then not only are they learning about the needs, but they're learning the tools on how to manage those needs and how to manipulate those environments to help that species or to help that system depending on what they're learning. But then also they're learning the different survey methods. They're learning the different tools. At the end of the period, it all kind of wraps up. So 
you're learning about the species and what it needs and its environment. And they even liken that to a kid's environment. You need to understand what's going on in your life. You can be able to manipulate those things, surround yourself with good people. So it's just a really magical way to wrap all of that into one in a five-day intensive session. That was Natalie Wolf for Texas Brigades. A list of where and when the camps will be held and an application are available at texasbrigades.org. That's Texas, B-R-I-G-A-D-E-S.org. Click on the red box that says apply for camps now. Again, the deadline to apply is Monday, March 15th. Cattle traded slightly higher Monday, while corn and wheat traded lower in anticipation of a new supply and demand estimates report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. We'll take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it here on Texas Ag Today. And we're back looking at another lopsided matchup, Jim. Today we have a combine taking on a train. Yeah, that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine. No competition there. Right, especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train. That's 18 football fields. It's no contest. Every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle and feeder cattle contracts were enjoying the market support Monday. April live cattle up 32 cents at 119.35. June live cattle up $1.15 at 119.15. August live cattle up 77 cents at 117.85. March feeder cattle up 75 cents at 135.35. April feeder cattle up 65 cents at 139.67. May feeder cattle down 7 cents at 145.07. Boxed beef prices were mixed Monday. Choice down 20 cents to 231.13 and select down $2.48 to $233.13 with a movement of 38 loads. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with J.R. Gully. Today we talked to Ken Jordan of Jordan Cattle Auction from San Saba. He had a big cattle run this past Thursday, and it made for a late night. You bet, uh, JR. We ended up a lot more than I thought we would. They rolled in a pretty good day. You know, it was around 2,575 head, almost uh, 2,600. I thought overall this market continued very, very active with strong demand on all the cattle with condition. These boys are buying these grazed out wheat cattle and also cattle grow grass. Uh, very active on those type of cattle all the way through. I thought overall today the full the stocker shears and heifers they sold fully steady to two dollars higher. Had six steers in one draft, weighed three fifty seven a day, brought two eight a pound, uh, a little over seven hundred and forty two dollars on those. Had another group of thirteen steers, a lot of condition on them, weighed five seventy five at a dollar sixty nine, right at nine hundred and seventy two dollars on those five hundred seventy five pound steers there. I thought the feeder steers and heifers they sold steady too. Packer cows uh, were probably four to five lower bulls or three lower. Uh, that was basically last week with the short runs everywhere. They really need some cows, so they pushed that market up 
a lot stronger last week. Kind of settled back down uh, to where I thought we'd be at uh, had we not had the uh, ice storms and all that. I thought our pairs, Brett Cows, Dave, they were all higher, very good demand, very active on those. Then we got into our uh, Cattleman's Kind bull sale today, the 45 Simmental and Sim Angus bulls today. I had real good activity on them. Uh, they averaged uh, $3,474, a little over $400 more than average this year compared to last year. So overall, very good day, a lot of good cattle, JR. That was Ken Jordan of Jordan Cattle Auction, Mason, and San Saba. That is it for today's edition of Walking the Pins from the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, J.R. Gully, in for Larry Marble. Pork demand remains strong, and that's helping hog prices. April lean hogs up 12 cents to 87.30. Lean hogs for May up 20 cents at 89.67. Class 3 milk prices were supported Monday by the highest dry whey price that's been recorded since whey futures began trading in 2018. Class 3 milk for March up 3 cents to 16.33 a hundredweight. Class 3 milk for April up 11 cents to 17.75 a hundredweight. The anticipation of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates Report Tuesday prompted changes in the cotton market Monday. Market analysts believe the report will show lower U.S. cotton production and higher demand globally. That pushed cotton prices higher on Monday. May cotton up 56 points at 88.32. December cotton up 80 points to 85.34. Grains were trading mixed Monday ahead of the release of USDA's WASDE report. Hard red wheat for March was down 4 to 613 and a quarter. Hard red wheat for May down 4 and a half to 621 and three quarters. Hard red wheat for July down 4 and a quarter to 627 and a half. Corn for March up 3 to 565. Corn for September up 1 and a quarter to 500 and a quarter. Corn for December even at 481 and a half. Soybeans for March up three and a half to fourteen thirty-seven and three quarters. Soybeans for May up three and three quarters to fourteen thirty-three and three quarters. Natural gas for April down four cents at two sixty-six. Crude oil for April down a dollar thirty-nine to sixty-four seventy a barrel. Looking to Monday's financial markets, the Dow up four hundred and eighteen points to thirty-one thousand nine fifteen. The Nasdaq down 260 points to 12,659. The S&P 500 down just over three points to 3,838. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel. I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.